0: Welcome to the Spinster Life podcast. My name is Amy and I am here with Lucy Rivers. She is a postgrad researcher specializing in sitcoms. She has a vast knowledge of American TV, even though she is British. So welcome, Lucy. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. I'm just beyond thrilled to be on your podcast.
0: I am beyond thrilled to have you here. Uh, I love TV. (laughs) I love TV so much. And I'm obsessed. I love talking. I love talking to people who (laughs) love TV as well. Please tell us a little bit about about you.
1: We'll do. Okay. So yeah, I'm Lucy. I was born in England. Obviously, I'm English. I am from the UK. This will be very obvious, probably to most people listening. So yes, born in England, but moved to Bahrain in the Middle East when I was five through to fifteen, before coming back here. Pretty much, my childhood was palm trees and outdoor pools. So maybe a bit more like America in that sense. <laughs> it might, yeah, it parts might solved, be. Parts, a lit- parts of it. But yeah, so then came back here when I was 15. I actually left school when I was 13 due to bullying. Ugh. So I didn't have any qualifications and learned autonomously for my last teenage years. This mostly consisted of me being holed up in my bedroom, poring obsessively over sitcoms, movies, books, and the internet in general. My first job was at the cinema. For the free films, obviously, but I soon realised I wanted something a bit more challenging in life. So I took an access to higher education course, which gained me a place at my first choice of university. This was University of East Anglia in uh, the east of England. Well, that is my dog, <laughs> because of course,
0: <laughs> he gets to chime in too, has uh, to be so th- involved. This is a dog friendly show. It's still not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Right, because um, this is about you. This is, and- this is my moment. Well, yes. why,
1: why is she honing in on my moment? You know why? <laughs> you know why? I'll tell you why. It's because her name is also Lucy and she just feels like she needs to be involved. That's, that's probably why.
0: <laughs> that's absolutely confusing. I don't I know. I've ever lived with a dog with my no, name. <laughs> no. Well,
1: it's, it's, my parents got her and she was a rescue dog and she already had the name Lucy, believe it or not. So that is what happened there. Anyway, so yes, I went to university. And there I got my bachelor's in film and television studies. I followed that up with diving straight into a master's in film and television studies. And I currently live my spinster life in Norwich, east of England, where UEA was, while splitting my time between running my own business, Rivers Resume Services and my academic research. I'm now a postgraduate researcher working on my PhD thesis, specifically focused on the representation of mental health in contemporary US sitcoms. And I'm doing that as a distance student with Edge Hill University now. So some general highlights about me, apart from you know how obsessed I am with all forms of media, would include, uh, obviously started and run my own resume and re- uh, job search strategy business now, in my undergrad i edited the award-winning documentary growing up married by director and professor elam atakav which was looking at the experiences of former child brides in turkey a huge shout out to elam if she's listening by the way because she is the best her film has impacted on uk legislation been shown worldwide is even part of the training for police in the uk dealing with honour crimes it was pretty harrowing stuff but it was a is a really important film and finally i am currently working on a chapter for inclusion in a book a collection of academic essays on netflix hit show bojack horseman hopefully out next year and finally just as a feminist who is intensely invested in representation in media and culture in general i just think that this podcast is the best thing ever i am very pleased to be on it
0: thank you thank you so much <laughs> i try my best to you represent all best kinds too. of women And Thank you. And I am so thrilled that we get to talk about sitcoms, which we both love. We both grew up watching. And how single women are represented in sitcoms. Because for most of my life and most of my life watching TV, single women were the joke. Absolutely. Yes.
1: This is the issue with representation there, I think. Yes. Um, When sitcoms started out, it would not be in any way something that anyone aspired toward. And whatever anyone says, no matter what genre you're looking at, TV, particularly American TV, is aspirational, essentially. That's kind of its bedrock, or at least certainly was to start with. Still is, I'd say, to a large degree. So yes, spinster representation would have been extremely rare, and where it existed,
0: would not have been very good. <laughs> no. Spencers were never the main character. Ever. No.
1: no. They would be secondary characters, they would be supporting characters, and largely they would just be figures of fun, particularly as we're talking about sitcom genre specifically. These would be grotesque figures. These would be figures to be made fun of. That would be what the sort of general archetype was. Actually, for my master's thesis, I looked at representation of women in sitcoms and I identified three modes of enduring stereotypical female representation across the chronology of US produced sitcoms, starting with I Love Lucy right up to like the Big Bang Theory. And I I really do feel that there is a sort of element of of spinster that kind of comes into this. The first archetype that I identified was called the killjoy archetype. This is often going to be a wife, a nagging wife, or you know, a character that's that's too straight laced and basically exists purely to reduce a male character's fun in some way. Then there's the grotesque archetype. So this is a character that is to be just like some kind of gargoyle or something. Certainly that characters make fun of something that characters re- are repelled by
0: <laughs> yeah like um like kimmy Gibbler in full house right exactly like oh she's exactly her feet like stink she's so gross yeah and, and everybody constantly yeah. makes fun of her yeah um and exactly. i'm also thinking about it's usually an older woman character mm, who's overtly yes. sexual and that is usually portrayed to be. That can be seem in some to way. be a bit
1: grotesque as well. Yeah. So so yeah. sort of a, almost a bit carnivalesque or something, but there's just something really gross, something really terrible and repulsive about them in some way, shape, or form. And finally the ditz archetype, which is basically it's it's like window dressing, right? So this is candy. This is this is just some, someone to hang off the arm of like a male character. This is someone who's going to be have no depth completely shallow probably stupid their main sort of attributes are just the physical but opposite to the grotesque these are you know things to be stared at and ooh, ugh, just right. completely sexualized
0: but- yeah like the the beautiful woman that the, the man says woman. hey just go jump up and down and Test this mattress, yeah. and he's like ogling her as her as her breasts are bouncing Absolutely. all over. It. This
1: goes straight back to cartoons and whatever with the you know the Ooga moments with the big huge <laughs> eyes and everything. You know, this this exists so far back in in media terms, in sitcom especially. You know that can be played for laughs very effectively. So, I when I was doing this work, I did feel that the area of the grotesque, the single woman falls into that quite a lot of the time. There's a reason that they're single or, oh, they're so terrible.
0: Right. You know. We're going to talk about a handful of sitcoms. And I think that while you can find elements of those tropes and those stereotypes in these characters, we've chosen these shows because there is some more character development beyond Yes. these tropes. So we have chosen,
1: I would say that we've chosen a good mixture actually. We've yes. got some stereotyping in here a bit here or there, but we're also highlighting some that are actually quite good representation. And
0: obviously, spoiler alerts, but none of these shows are particularly recent. So if yeah. you haven't seen them by now.
1: It's kind of on you.
0: It's kind of on you. Yeah, <laughs> kind of on you. Uh, so yeah, let's list the shows that we're going to talk about. We're gonna talk about Mary Tyler Moore trailblazer sort of like, she is she's <laughs> like the og tv spinster in my mind
1: yes yes she is she is completely she was it was a real watershed mary Tyler Moore, brilliant
0: she was single but the show wasn't about her being single no. it was it was about her entire life but more or less a workplace comedy and a then
1: real watershed in those terms we'll also talk yeah. about uh we'll also talk about mash
0: classic a real a real throwback and maybe not a show that people would think immediately like there's a spinster in it because it was such a male-dominated cast Mm. but there was there was one female character
1: there was like one main female character there and i think almost because of the the singleness of of it just being her i think a whole lot of representation is, is sort of piled on her in many ways. And, yeah. And quite a few stereotypes at times. But yeah, so that's like another good one.
0: Yes. And then we're going to talk about The Simpsons. Yes. And once again, not main characters. There were lots and lots of side characters. Lots of side characters, yeah. So lots this, of side this characters. This not
1: be a main character. one well, obviously, Marge is, is, is <laughs> should I say happily married? I don't know if you could say
0: happily married. <laughs> she always <laughs> pretends like she is to the audience.
1: Well, I guess she is very deeply... Committed regardless of how happy that makes her. And yeah, so that's (laughs) there's lots of there's some really great representation in in Simpsons across
0: Yes. Both a throwback and a current. (laughs) Uniquely. I mean maybe maybe The Simpsons needs to retire itself. Maybe. I don't think that they're going to, but maybe it does. Maybe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Then next after that we'll look
0: at the Mm, Golden Girls. That's probably my favorite show to talk about on this show. They are not spinsters in the traditional sense of the word. They've all been married, but they're all in a sort of spinster living situation that we've discussed many times on this podcast. It's shorthand for um, sort of a retirement plan of sorts that (laughs) you make this chosen family and then you live together and you support each other. And that's how you can be independent into older age while living your best life.
1: And again, a real watershed, seeing seeing mature women, uh, you know, leading a cast. I mean, that was just,
0: I yeah, just wasn't there. <laughs> right. When We have not seen that since then. We have not seen a no, cast we of we have not seen that. I suppose women.
1: the nearest thing would be Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie that would be is the nearest yeah, thing that I that can think of. That would be the nearest of. thing. But literally, I cannot think of anything before that at all.
0: Yeah. Uh, another throwback? To the NBC sitcom oh, yeah. Thursday night lineup. Actually, I don't know when Golden Girls was on, but um, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about Frasier. Oh, I love Frasier. Also, you might not think about a spinster, but we had Roz.
1: Yes, we did have Roz. Roz was continually single, although not alone. <laughs> much, right? of the time, much of the time no. she was not alone. But she no. was uh, she was single lady living her single life. So, yeah. That's another good one. Also, yeah. just Fraser is the best. <laughs> and then after that, we will talk about Parks and Rec because yes. Parks and Recreation is super duper. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Yes,
0: and you know, once again, the characters don't stay single no. necessarily, not- but I think it deals with some other things that were unique in its portrayal of female friendships. Absolutely, and also. Sort
1: of life when you are single prior to when they actually do pair up and stuff. Yeah. That is also another thing that's really, really, really unique about Parks and Rec. And I'll mention this more, obviously, as we get into it. But I feel that Parks and Rec has got a lot of truthiness.
0: It does. It does have (laughs) some truthiness, yes. And I think that's something else with the next show, The Office. Absolutely. Um, I think The Office has truthiness. And I think that's just part of that fake documentary style. Yeah. Yeah. that you're catching characters at a more vulnerable moment and you're trying to get these reactions. But yes, yeah, the, that the is office a good point. It is a really good yeah. point
1: that the that the mockumentary style does allow something. It almost allows you to see around the corners of representation in, in a way which, yeah, that's a really interesting
0: point. We have several characters that we can examine. Yes, several in there. Again, there's, there's a touch of stereotyping
1: maybe here or there, but Again. Yeah, maybe here or there. And then after that, it will be Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I, yeah, one also one of my favorite shows. Um, Lo- loved it from the second I saw it. <laughs> so yeah, let's get into it. We're going to bounce around. We might not talk about them in the chronological order that they were necessarily presented. Let's start at the beginning to start okay. and then we'll bounce around from there Good. because we have Mary Tyler Moore. Yes.
1: So real watershed in that she was career driven. This was really aspirational for all the single ladies out there in in that period of time. This is a series that is born into first wave feminism. So you see a lot of that here. It deals with social issues at times. It uh, focuses on the career, as you said before, more than it does sort of anything to do with dating or getting settled down. Largely workplace setting, which does make it unusual.
0: and even her home place life was more about her relationship with Rhoda exactly. And yes, then sometimes her her, her co-workers would come over. yeah, it was about her friend. And yeah. it was about this woman truly being single, yeah, it so was a also
1: focus on social life without partnering involved, which it was just right,
0: yeah, so different and, and to show right to show this single woman living alone was also not something that was really that common at that time. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean,
1: when you think of things before it, you've got the big things like you've got I Love Lucy, you've got uh, Bewitched, you've got A Dream of Jeannie. You know, these are all situations. These are all couples. Right. And it's just, yeah, okay.
0: Even the sitcom that Mary Tyler Moore was in before the Mary Mm -hmm. Tyler Moore show, why can't I remember the name of it now, but the one with Dick Van Dyke and 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 uh, Rob Reiner, she's she plays she's a wife. She's the wife character.
1: Oh, what's, she's was the, that the Dick Van
0: Dyke Show? I think that was the Dick
1: Van Dyke Show. <laughs> yeah. Yes, right, yes,
0: right, right, right. Yes, of course. And she had a lot of character development, but she still was she was the wife and the mother. Still, the wife. and in this show, she gets to have this career. She has this chosen family that she builds through her workplace.
1: Yes, she's, and you can see those key ideas still playing. Out right now to the office, Parks and Rec, B- uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine,
0: right all through throughout. Yeah, I mean, right. How common was a workplace sitcom before that time? I guess in the Dick Van Dyke Show, there were elements of workplace mm. show because he would go into his his workplace and yes. interact with his coworkers. And it's interesting because, like you say, there there are there did tend
1: to be a bit of a duality at times with these things. You know, think of I Love Lucy; there would be you know well it was always her trying to get into show business or right. or you know to getting in the way of her hubby's work and those kinds of things so there w- there was this kind of duality where you'd see a work side to things at times but it this was the first time that it wasn't couples on one side work life maybe mostly about the man on the other side this was the real change
0: yes and i also loved that. She also wasn't that stereotype of the career woman who mm. she's she works so hard and she's yes. so in charge that she doesn't have time that for. She personal doesn't, life. yeah.
1: That there's something missing in her life because right. she works so hard and she's always focused on the career. Yeah, her I, ambition
0: I think, gets in the way, and I don't mm, think it does for her. I think doesn't. she's found something that makes her happy. She just has these and different
1: she, facets to her life, but yeah. nothing's lacking. I think a bit of what you're speaking about with that ambition, that drive, that tends to also fall into that trope of the ice woman. You know, the sort of the cold. Old and the detached and that kind of thing. Whereas yeah. she was soft. She was feminine. She was very competent. She was good at what she was doing. Yeah, But there was a softness and there was a femininity to her as well. I wonder about that. And I wonder if that's because it was trying to ease the transition from what people were familiar with to right. something that was more around her social life but and around her career. Or if it was... Just really good representation of a well-rounded person.
0: That is a very interesting question, yes. and I never thought about it that way. I guess yes. I just always, from my vantage, mm-hmm. however many years later, Mary Tyler Moore Show was set in the seventies. Yes, that it was just supposed to be this really groundbreaking representation, and well, and, it's that's, and that's interesting to all pick it was, apart but and yes, wonder why
1: it-, it might be quite the way it is, regardless of what the purpose behind it. It is it was still a watershed. It was still groundbreaking. Um yeah. especially when you think when you look at some of the social questions and issues that were pulled in and, you know, stuff to do with like women's choice and all that kind of stuff. That there's there were things that just that really are emblematic of first wave feminism that was occurring at the time and these social changes that were occurring at the time. But I do find it interesting to wonder if she might, if as a character she might have fallen more into that sort of cold sort of very ambitious stereotype if they maybe hadn't been conscious of maybe that turning off certain
0: viewers. I don't know. Right. And maybe that was more of an 80s thing, the career woman Maybe, maybe. You know, the power seats and the shoulder so, pads and... and
1: so. <laughs> if so, only because of Mary Tyler Moore before it, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that had to have inspired a lot of women. Of, it did, to, absolutely. To see, like, I can move to Minneapolis and I can <laughs> I can start this life for myself and I can... Oh, I can have a cool apartment by myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, you know, you were saying earlier that American sitcoms are aspirational, mm-hmm. And her life was very normal, but still yes. very fun. Like she has a studio apartment. Essentially, yeah. it's very like modern. It's styled in a very modern to the times it way was. with the the, it the was. sunken living space. But <laughs> oh, yes, and the, and the color That's schemes. Son- <laughs> That's <like> a- so <laughs> really good. Oh my god! Yeah, so funny. <laughs> and Rhoda's yeah. apartment was like very, you know, her mm. apartment was also like yeah. So it was very, it's it was small, stylish, very stylish. Yeah, stylish. Very, very stylish. Yes. stylish. But so, again, not, very But not giant. It's not like the apartment in Friends where you're like, how how do they have that? No,
1: yes. It's like, no, this is not doable. Having said that, I don't know what the prices were like in Minneapolis at the time. I don't know how out of reach that really was. I would expect that it was probably a little bit out of reach because again, this is just the way that they are made. They are made aspirational, really. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually a little bit beyond what most people would be able to just, just leave the family home and just move into a really stylish apartment. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if everyone <laughs> could could have done that, but it still undeniably would have given women some would have given young women that to aim for.
0: Right. So. In a way, it is aspirational because oh, yeah. a lot of women might not have thought that that was. Something oh, absolutely. That, it's firstly, that they could it's do. firstly, saying,
1: hey, you can do this, and then it's also saying, okay, maybe it costs quite a bit, but you can right. do this. And- it's it's on TV, so you can do it.
0: Right, and of course, a TV set has to just be a little bit bigger. <laughs> if you shot a, a sitcom in a real studio apartment, <laughs> yes, like yeah. there, where would the camera even go? Like, there's, yeah. there's, there's
1: no room for it. Also, even, where so. would all the audience sit? I mean, there wouldn't be space for that.
0: Right, there wouldn't be space wouldn't in be a studio space.
1: apartment. No, you wouldn't have right. space for all those lovely bleacher seats, you know, and all those. Yeah. benches. there would just not be <laughs> space for this. So, yeah, you can see why uh, they have to make it a little bit aspirational in
0: that way. Yeah. That <laughs> very true. And then I Margaret Hotlips Hoolahan. Uh-huh, yes. And from MASH, well, she um, she, she is also a, very, a career woman.
1: Very career woman. See, that's that's also 70s though. But Margaret is the cold. But it was
0: but it was set in the 50s.
1: Yes, yes. This is true. But as pro- as produced in the 70s, you're looking at something that ran alongside Mary Tyler Moore and that does have the um cold um sort of mean kind of exterior at at least to start with Um, yeah and that's partly because they want her to be an antagonist really i mean but it's interesting that they pair this with the huge ambition that she has and how straight laced she is and all these other kinds of things you know
0: and it is i think the Portrayal, well, yes, maybe not as nuanced as as <laughs> we would have now for a woman trying to advance in the military in mm. the fifties. It would be kind of like is, a lean in. You got to play like the yeah, boys, kind of yeah. thing. Like, sh- is it, you know, just, it? wouldn't.
1: Yeah. Is it just a? Is it just a realistic representation, bearing in mind the struggle to be taken seriously
0: at right, the time in the military in this all male environment? Military, yes, absolutely. Right. And she is in charge she is a military leader she is a she is a major and a nurse she's outranking some of these men absolutely she and she's a woman so that's already one reason that they might Mm -hmm. have to not listen to her Mm -hmm. there's also a lot of other things in mash there's sort of like that nihilistic like yes (laughs) we all might die tomorrow so what the fuck is the point of anything absolutely and and of course she is she is made as straight-laced as she is
1: and as strict as she is Partly just for the narrative duality between her and the antics of Hawkeye and and, and and Trapper and everything, so so there is that element as well to it. There's just this narrative insistence that she be a certain way. But what I yeah. would say is that have it, you know, seeing as how it it did run for such a long time, she changes a great deal over the course of the series. There is great nuance and depth that comes into her at times. It's very interesting as well because, on the one hand, she's got that kind of real killjoyishness about her. On the other hand, she is ridiculously sexualized, as you know, one of the only—well, not one of the only, but certainly the only high-ranking woman on on the uh,
0: yeah on the, camp, on the camp. The only the only cast member. Everyone else was a guest star. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: so the only female main cast member. You know, you know right? She has she has the nickname? Oh, so many jokes and so many farces just entirely related around, you know, catching her in the shower or, or whatever, you know, it's just... Right,
0: catching her in flagrante exactly. with, uh, with Charles or...
1: or- <laughs> exactly.
0: You know, they they never costumed her in a way that was not... A little bit sexualized. Like, even if she's yeah. just in like fatigues and quite a t shirt. They, they quite were quite tight. tight. <laughs> and, you, know, you know, obviously, they cast an actress that had large breasts. She yes. had a very curvy figure. And yes, they, they
1: did. And,
0: and I, that's true. And that's something that's interesting, though, too. That if we're taking it that this character is styling herself this mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. that while she wants to be in charge, she's also not losing that part of herself. She doesn't feel the need to cover up. She's very. Absolutely. Comfortable. Yeah. With with how she
1: looks. She is. She is very comfortable. She is very confident in many areas. I would say that maybe the area that she lacks confidence in in some ways is i remember a lot of stuff around uh when she got married do you remember when she got married to uh who was it um he was called donald i think and i don't think you even ever saw him or if you saw him you saw him just only once or twice they mostly had this kind of long distance marriage thing going on and eventually he just leaves her he just like dumps her and she yeah. has and she has this huge meltdown about it and she really struggles with that and i think it hits her self esteem and all these kinds of things that was an interesting element because again she'd she'd always seemed so confident even in matters of love and everything like that but it was almost like a, a dent to her ambition because part of her ambition in work was also to run alongside this ambition of being married to this other ranking army person and it was just it sort of all fell apart on her and yeah. a, a lot of the a lot of the greater depth and a lot of the nuance i feel came in around that time and afterwards as well as like the closeness that she developed with certainly of the other uh, main cast as well it's really interesting.
0: Let's keep on these mm-hmm. career women because mm. I've just noticed in our list that there are a lot of of workplace. Yeah, yeah, there are characters and a lot of characters that that are driven that do mm. care about their career. And compare and contrast with Mary Tyler Moore and and Mash and mm. how these women are, are approaching their careers. Yeah, so and I then mean, balancing I guess, it with their life.
1: Yeah, so I guess a good, a, a really great example then is Rose from Frasier because. She is really ambitious, and if anything, being so attached to Fraser holds her back in her career.
0: That's also like writing device and framing choice. Like in all reality, she could be producing lots and lots and lots of shows, but yeah, I we're mean, not. She the show wasn't Raw's, and we're not following her around as she's producing no. all of these.
1: But Talent. it is interesting though, because they there is the odd episode where they've had a falling out, or she feels underappreciated or something, and she instantly gets to be a producer on someone else's show, or she's up for a big promotion, or up for even getting her own show at one point in one of the episodes. Yeah. So there there are all these opportunities to her. Ultimately they are shut down. Because of her loyalty and things like that, but that's just to keep her in the show. But it proves that she does have ambitions and she is extremely capable. She is extremely good at her job.
0: I, I would say that there is a detachment from her. Like when you say Fraser, I don't think the first character that comes to my mind is is Roz. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think probably the first character that comes to my mind is Eddie the dog. But.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see to me the first character that comes to my mind is Niles because I just think Niles is so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and also Niles and Daphne are oh, so that's probably also uh, yes. way, that's also why I think first
0: um but, yeah. And I think that's maybe why you don't because Roz is so capable. Mm. You yeah. don't often see her struggling. No, you don't.
1: Whatever's going on, there's a bit of a wobble when she finds out she's pregnant. Again, still not. I wouldn't say it was that common to see uh single motherhood, certainly Murphy m- Murphy Brown, I think that's it. Yeah, certainly not when when it's essentially an accident basically and not falling into the trope of Oh well, you know, you should maybe try and make it work with the father or whatever like that. You know, she overtly says, No. <laughs> she says, No, 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 no. <laughs> right. You know, she says, No, you just go and live your life. This is cool. I've got this. I'll deal with this. I just wanted right. you to know. You and, know.
0: And she always seems like she is enjoying motherhood too. Yeah. As she struggles, but she definitely seems like, you know, she's happy with yeah. her choice. She and- seems
1: she seems happy with her choice she's um it seems to go pretty smoothly after she's decided and after you know she's actually had had her daughter it seems it seems really quite smooth for her and she is doing that whilst she still got the job whilst yeah. you know whilst she still has a social life she still dates you know it's i mean and i think that's
0: one of the other and probably more problematic aspects of yes. Roz as a character is that, that she is, is pretty, the pretty much part. constantly slut shamed for, that is the problem for having a social life, for enjoying the only thing. sex. Yeah.
1: Yes. Of you know, Frasier, I think overall ages really well because of the sophistication of the jokes and of the writing and and the characterizations. The one thing that does not age well is the treatment of Roz because you know even these these are even characters that she is really close to that she you know people that she loves constantly ribbing on her for the fact that she is always sleeping around essentially it would fill up an entire word document just to try and collate <laughs> all of the quips made at her expense and they really are at her expense she they deals really with are. them she deals with them well she sort of just pulls a face or rolls her eyes or whatever however is that also good i mean it's- she does she does having said that she does bite back
0: <laughs> Quite often, she does. She yeah, no, back she does. she she
1: can be really acerbic and really good. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> she but, can like, really rip rip. She can really rip Fraser and you on sometimes when he you know, yes, so stuff I, like throwing back things like says the man who lives with says the man who wants divorce lives with his father or whatever in his dog. So stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. she can really shoot it back. But a lot of the time, doesn't
0: to be fair. I and mean, it mean it kind stride. of. She really does, and that's sort of that's, like a the evo- that's the evolution of the cool girl, the mm. girl who who was like, "It's fine, I'm, I can take a joke. I'm Absolutely. one of the boys." Absolutely. Yeah, to to a
1: large degree, I would say that. Also, I'd say it just speaks to the idea that if you were living that kind of life, you just had to accept that you'd be ripped for it. And I just think that's like awful. It's,
0: well, and especially because Frasier also dated a lot. Yeah. It was like a new woman of the, like the guest star was always like a new, you know, new well, yeah, new woman of the week.
1: So. Definitely when you look back on it. But having said that, when I have rewatched it not too long ago for just like thesis stuff, I couldn't help but think that there were a lot of episodes that ruminate on his loneliness and how he's just ha- how he's been in a real dry spell or all these kinds of things. So I found that was surprising to me because this was my impression as well, a new woman every week kind of thing. It actually yeah. doesn't it actually didn't play out that way when I was rewatching it. I was really surprised. I wonder if that's an element of watching it weekly as well that it, it begins to feel like it was just one woman after another or something. When you yeah. when you watch it like as a blitz, it's surprising how many episodes he's just trying to get a date or and trying and failing to get a date or blow, blowing up his chances in that way or right. really feeling lonely and really struggling with that. It's interesting. Yes. That's but also,
0: a- the, in contrast that with is, – is maybe part of it some kind of emasculation that he's feeling on his part because Ra's Roz- is. Oh yeah, possibly. To, to I mean date. it
1: could it could always be a matter of compare and contrast, right? <laughs> right. Because you've always got Roz there to <laughs> to make you to make right. it look like you're doing terribly in the love I, department.
0: And I also don't think that she ever offered up. She wasn't like she didn't swagger in and bragging like I had a hot date last night.
1: No, no, she didn't. No, that's it's true, but it's yeah. So that's the one thing that hasn't aged so well. I think is just the right. treatment of roles. Yes, that uh, and that,
0: ha- that has to be part of your experience as a single woman that you're yeah. allowed to to date. Yeah, and you're allowed to have sex as long as it's consensual with by both parties, and you're allowed to enjoy your body, and you're allowed absolutely. to have have fun, and you're uh, allowed to have no strings attached sex. And absolutely. And this is one thing that I think. Roz really was good for
1: because that she went a really good way to normalizing that again. It just wasn't a common thing to be seeing on on TV, I don't think. I just don't feel like it was that common. It was, I I feel like it's still not
0: that common. I I don't think it
1: is, you know. I think having a character like that, albeit a secondary character, that that did help to normalize it. That was some good representation. It's such a shame that. They felt that they had to, you know, completely rip her apart for it at every opportunity. But yeah. at least she was there. At least she was doing. At least she was living that life, which was just not represented. Really wasn't.
0: No, but she, yes, she was there. She, when you think back on it and you remember, there's Roz. There's Roz. <laughs> the sassy, the sassy single lady. Yeah,
1: because yeah. I think what you more, what you so much, mo- so much more often see. Is something a little bit more along the lines of representation, like Parks and Rec, because these are, these will be women who are who might be dating around, but they ultimately are searching for love and to be settled down and to get married. You know, yes, like for Roz, I didn't ever really get the sense that that was her end goal at all. <laughs> like that did not seem to be her no. end, go- end goal. The aspiration was just to me guys just to have fun just to have sex it really wasn't about where that would lead she really didn't want to cultivate relationships to that degree
0: no. So, I, but Leslie Nope of Parks and Rec yes. is such a different kind of She's character such a to Character They I'm share the thi- ambition. Yes, They definitely they share that ambition.
1: I think I was but- more thinking about Anne in the sense that she does go through a period of like super crazy levels of dating where it's, yes. it's like three guys in it, one episode or something. But again, it was still about her trying to find someone permanent and also it was a lot to do with her losing herself in her relationships which was really interesting and something that again just doesn't really get represented much at all and yet you know it it is a problem that some people have
0: such great characters in parks and rec oh my gosh Um, so good love leslie I, i mean leslie
1: is just the best
0: she is everything that i i wish i could be i wish i could be that like unapologetically in yes. love with something yes. so nerdy. She's just, she is really what she's <laughs> in love with is small town government. Yes. yes. She also
1: is super nerdy, which I love. Like she's got the thing that she's obsessed with her work. But yeah. then she's also writes Lord of the Rings fan fiction with Ben <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> so funny and so brilliant. Or, or waffles that she just fangirls and waffles, waffles. You know, the, like, she fangirls <laughs> over food and stuff to that And
0: degree. Anne. And she Anne, fangirls over
1: Anne. She does. And that's really lovely as well because that's really unapologetic platonic love and i mean how often do you see that really that's just not something that
0: i think that was really groundbreaking because before yeah. that women were rivals with other women yes. to compete for the resource of men mm. and these women it, that was not it at all yeah the, there it's... wasn't a resource they were fighting over no it was it was I it mean, was just mostly like a
1: golden girls is kind of the pre- Parks and Rec, though, isn't it? In the sense, I think so. In the, think in, the so. French, yeah. in the sort of friendship matters way, except that th- that that makes it in central to the entire thing. Whereas Parks and Rec has a lot more going on, has a lot more yes. moving pieces and a lot more focuses, and it it actually gives Leslie her profession and all these kinds of avenues alongside. But I do think that if there was a precursor to the way that Anne and Leslie are represented, then it would be Golden Girls, probably.
0: Yes. And with Golden Girls, it's sort of like the anti workplace comedy. You yeah, know? they do have jobs still, but they're closer to mm-hmm. retirement, and they're yes. not focused on their careers so much. They're just so kind really, of really yeah, focused on getting to retirement and yeah. living living their so lives. It so it doesn't
1: matter. Like like the careers are fun and everything, and, and they do enjoy them. But they're not right. really what really matters. The solid foundation there is the friendships because again and, and i will say this when i watched it i watched it binging it it did get tiresome because you saw the exact same story play out yeah oh, a male character oh they seem to like them they like one of them and things seem to be going really well oh then suddenly they have to choose between a friendship thing and a love thing or they want to take them away and move them away but then they think I think they'll do it and then they think, no, actually, I want to stay with my friends. It's just the same thing over and over again.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, or like wacky misadventure. Yeah. Like we're gonna scheme together to do something. Which I mean, I guess those are more fun because it's Yeah, it's at least they the were very var- they
1: were varied in 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 more of the way there was just this underlying sort of like pull pull them this way. And the thing is you already know at the beginning of the episode that they'll wind up just being in the house with the friends again, they you know that they'll right. choose friendships. It wasn't until like very late in the last series that I actually started watching a little bit more closely on those bits because I was like, "Will this one stick? Maybe." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think they don't make one of those stick until the last. It really is the end. two. Is it two or three episodes the of last the whole series? Two. I think it's the last two. I think yeah, the last two. It was
1: like really, really swift because I actually thought that. They'd have the time to actually build up the character that, like, the B Arthur like marries, and it was just like, oh no, two two episodes now you're married. Okay, oh okay.
0: In <laughs> some ways, that's because the men were never the focus of the show. Yeah, it's true. It was the it was the women. Yeah, but
1: you see, they could have done a lot with this, this the slow the sort of slow this person becoming a fixture, and the girls and the other girls felt in, insecure, or displaced, or whatever. I would have expected some more of that, but yeah,
0: well. It's uh, that, but Yeah, that might be more of like through a modern lens. That's <laughs> that's how we might expect character development yeah. to be. Again, now.
1: again, I, it was very much drop in, drop out per week. So you can understand right. why it became so formulaic in that respect, and you can understand why.
0: Yes, but, but uh, I think that all of the performances and the character development mm. for all of the main characters does make up for that. Oh, I yes. mean, yes. You're saying that, and I'm recognizing that. Yes, there were like these definite patterns to yes. the episodes, but they are still so watchable to me. They're still very watchable. They're
1: so watchable, so funny, and that's a really good. Ex- and that's also a really good example of when characters tease one another, make fun of one another, but it's also got this real bedrock of affection underneath that, yeah. that makes it really quite nice still which again right. is something that I see in Frasier really well I've always thought that that made it age really well because there are all these moments when you're and I like like n- niggle one another but there's this kind of smug little smile because they know that they're making a joke and the other one knows it's a joke etc etc and that's one of the things that I always thought ages really well about well with that and it and really contrasted to things like big bang theory where the jokes are literally just mean like they're just being super mean to one another and you're kind yeah. of like how are you friends this does not seem like friendly ribbing you are being really mean to one another <laughs> like
0: this is just abuse, yeah, isn't they- it <laughs> essentially yes it was uh, it was about who could say the meanest thing yeah it really i was. never watched i never really got into that one much i never really watched it much
1: oh you're so lucky
0: probably <laughs> so probably lucky. because of that
1: See I felt let down by it because I think it was like partly autism thing cuz like I identified Sheldon Cooper as like autistic representation and I think I naturally gravitated toward that because there is like zero autistic representation and even right. le- and even less that's like female autism as well there's just like no female autism there is now actually one show but there wasn't any so I actually got really drawn into it and was really quite a fan for like the first couple of seasons but then it's just like You see where it goes and it's just like, and then you start to (laughs) gradually realize that this isn't a show written for geeks. They just reference geek thing. And that's the joke. And it's like, no, if you're really a fan of these like amazing TV shows, films, fantasy genres, then the joke is something specific in those things. It's not just reference to it.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. And that's that is the problem one of the problems with the sitcom and and that's sort of what we were talking about with single women. Like single women just oh, if yeah. that was the punchline. Yeah. Well she's single because
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is the this is the problem that I think been a thread throughout sitcom's representation. Of the single women. And this one, for this one, I will draw on Simpsons, I think, because I think there are some really good examples in here. So you've got the crazy cat lady, for example, who is basically nonverbal and just (laughs) screams and garbles and And throws cats. And throws cats. So (laughs) obviously, that's drawing on some stereotypes quite heavily. Um, yes, and, I, <laughs> and a is grotesque is it, a grotesque idea.
0: Yes, and is it that they're winking at this stereotype that that it is ridiculous? See, this or... is the thing.
1: Yeah, this is right. the, this is the or... thing. This is the thing that that is often brought up with Simpsons. I think because some people were outraged about the Simpsons when it came when it came out. You know, we forget yeah, now. We forget so... how right. Yeah, we forget how groundbreaking the Simpsons actually was because it was so satirical and it was seen as really. Dangerous. I mean, politicians referenced Bart Simpson. You know, <laughs> they did. This is something that we can forget about now. now. It does, right? Because it seems very tame now when you think about it. But it really wasn't. Yeah. It was really quite groundbreaking in those areas. So basically, what you were thinking about, whereas things were mostly aspirational and uh, family sitcoms or whatever, very aspirational, very cosy, cosy, etc., cetera, etc. Simpsons is kind of an anti. Sitcom, in the sense that you shouldn't aspire to be Homer Simpson. You shouldn't want to be part of a family this dysfunctional. It's just real typical, like, height of postmodernism stuff where you're just tearing everything apart, analysing everything to pieces, and everything is just undercutting its original meaning in some way. So, in that way, no, we can't know that we can guess that, yes, Crazy Cat Lady is supposed to be making fun of the stereotype of the crazy old cat lady or whatever. However, it's still a representation. It is still there. And the problem with that kind of satire is that there will always be people that watch it and just laugh at it and don't really think about it to that degree. Or that watch Homer yeah. Simpson and think, oh, what a great life. I want to be a slob like Homer or whatever. So,
0: Right. You know. I want to be a successful slob. Like <laughs> I want to be a successful slob. <laughs> <laughs> and then yes. you have like spinster sisters. Patty and Selma. So stereotypical. You've got Selma.
1: Okay, I think I've got this right. Selma is just the Constant Singleton who who gets actually she gets duped into marriage more than once. That's and that's really quite upsetting in a way. Uh, And obviously the jokes with the two of them are both that they're so grotesque. They're so gross. They smoke all the time. Oh, they're ugly. They're so unappealing. They're unpleasant, right. etc. They they don't even sound nice, and they and yeah, and they smoke and all those kinds of things. They have bad habits. Whereas for they Patty, they love they love their pets, and they, yes, that's true. One, one of do. them has a, a lizard. One of them has a lizard. Yeah, that's true. And then you've got Patty, who's like what I would consider to be maybe like the stereotypical like single lesbian woman. You never see dating really for Patty even. It's almost a given. No. It's almost a given that she just will never marry in any kind of way, shape, or form, that she'll never even have relationships. Because there are the off like odd offhand comments like, I think the only one I can think of right now is one time when she says, even if I did like men, that would have just put me off or something because she's seeing home looking really unattractive. Right. There's this kind of underlying sense that she will never be in a committed relationship of any kind. And it's just a given somehow that this is the case. And that is a very, very old view. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) And obviously the show The show came out in the 90s and there. Late late 80s it started. Late 80s it started, but like pretty much the cultural predominance was in the 90s. Cultural predominance is the 90s. and then there were a lot more people who just stayed in the closet because it was this is easier true. because the just There's the legalities
1: obviously as well. However, right, they did not even show her dating, did not even engage with the idea that maybe she'd want to be dating or anything. Selma was wanted a baby at some point. She was like really, really outspoken about wanting a baby. She was really considering it, but then in the end, like after babysitting the Simpson kids or something,
0: she kind of decided <laughs> against it. But, but that's when she got the lizard. That's that's also a stereotype and not a completely mm. inaccurate one. That you know, pets are <laughs> pets are easier than human children. Mm. I think there's there is something that is poking at Homer in them being single as well. That like they see Homer, they go and hang out with Homer, and they're just like, mm. oh, this guy sucks so much. I'm so <laughs> glad that I'm single. Yeah, and I'm so glad that I don't have this in my life because this guy True. is awful. Yeah,
1: there is that sort of quite toxic thing about always trying to make marge leave him or whatever <laughs> and uh, but almost just almost seemingly just because they also want her to be single it doesn't even seem to be that it's not even out of concern like he's not good for you you deserve better it's just like you should just leave him come and live with us <laughs> <laughs> come and live with us. one you of one of us. us come <laughs> be one of us that sounds really quite good <laughs> yeah. It's like, just come and live in our spare room. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> but leave the kids. We don't want them.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I like and I, I, I think that's in some of the episodes, too. Like, they, they don't know how to relate to children. Mm-hmm. And I totally get that. I totally, that yeah. is some of my lived experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really know how to relate to kids. And I don't really love being around them. And I do love being around pets more. And I do see some of my friends and and <laughs> people in my life in horrible relationships, and I'm just like, I oh, just. Yeah.
1: And then you can appreciate the singleness. <laughs> yes. And actually, speaking of appreciating the singleness, we could segue into Rosa and Gina in Brooklyn Nine Nine, I think, quite nicely. Let's do that. That yes. would work really well, wouldn't it? Yeah, because this is a great show for representation. It's got yeah. it's got a diverse, really super interesting cast so we've got three main cast single at least at first women and actually only one out of the three even finishes the series in a committed relationship as well from what i could tell because i don't think gina is in a relationship is she i know that she was dating a guy but i can't remember if i don't yeah think i don't it doesn't seem like she's dating someone she's certainly more career focused by the end
0: because she's yeah. like a superstar <laughs> right, she's, like she's an a, influencer. She's like a
1: super duper influencer. So, yes, yeah, you, you don't get the impression that if she is in a relationship, it's not even the most important thing, really. But no, but yeah, Gina is, still, is the most
0: important thing to Gina. Yeah,
1: and Rosa is still single and overtly so to the point where she joked with, I think Amy. At one point, about how no, actually, I uh, moved in with so and so. You know, we're really, really happy, or whatever. And she goes, "Oh my god, Rosie!" She's like, "Oh, you're so easy." Like, it's like, no, I told <laughs> you, I'm not going to get married. I'm not settling down. She even makes a joke out of it, which is really great, which is really interesting, and just completely something that you know, I've never seen represented ever before. So I really loved seeing that, and I was like,
0: "Wow, that's <laughs> that's a real I- watershed." You know, I mean, yeah, she is su- Rosa is such an interesting character. So
1: interesting.
0: Like we've seen that kind of male character before. Yeah, but we don't often see it—that like really cool, detached, yeah. badass,
1: and, um, and and devotedly just single, living their life, just coming going in and out of relationships or whatever, but not really, not not stressed to settle down kind of thing. That's a that could be quite a key <laughs> male character trait at times. For Rosa, it is completely different, and also I've never seen it done. And it not be somehow, I want to say, like, not somehow judged or somehow extra typecast in some extra way, like maybe with the cold thing. Okay, you could maybe you could call Rosa cold, (laughs) but it's more that she's guarded, I guess. (laughs) Mysterious and guarded. She's not cold. She's not cold hearted. She's not cold hearted in any way. Yeah, she is cold sometimes but and she's like fiercely loyal and all these other kinds of things that you know yes really make her not that but also fiercely independent yeah yeah that's a really great way to just describe it it's just fierce independence which yeah that's exactly what she is really also gina is also fiercely independent like she is super duper independent right
0: she does not care what anyone and else thinks. she does not
1: care. She never cared. No. <laughs> From day one, she did not care. She always knew that she was like the best and did not care about what anyone else said about right. it. So, I mean, and of course, she's entrepreneurial. She's so she's incredibly. Um, so she is weirdly very ambitious as well, but just in a totally different way <laughs> like to all right. the others. It's not like it's not. um no police career ambition we're just talking about you know like instagram <laughs> and stuff but right it's really interesting and multi-dimensional and she's quite flawed in the way that she comes across at times as well because of i mean she pulls some pretty unpleasant pranks on people just to film them <laughs> she, <does. laughs> she makes people drink she cement
0: does. she's <laughs> she is certainly a- acerbic but mm. i think that's so that's it that is very different and it in is a female character it, that doesn't again, that isn't like begging for approval that exactly. isn't exactly that isn't trying to fit into anyone else's exactly. idea of what they should be she
1: is a real um what what i call a real unruly woman uh, because the unruly woman is a great theory which takes uh which basically is a character that's breaking the conventions breaking conventions of femininity so they will likely take up more space but often physically, but at the very least uh, metaphorically in the spaces that they're in. They might be loud. They might be very openly, very overly opinionated, all these kinds of things. They basically take up more space um, than, you know, and they basically push out males (laughs) by doing this. (laughs) That's how they, you know, they create more space. They, they, They basically just go against all of the assumed things. So the assumed ideas, ideals of femininity are you take up as least space as possible physically, um, and you're as quiet as possible, and you are as nice and, you know, accommodating as possible in all ways, in all shapes and forms. So she is like a stereotypical, unruly woman in the sense that she is loud, she is opinionated, she takes up these spaces. She literally takes up more space in the internet by the end of the yeah.
0: series she doesn't you know, accommodate she anybody's doesn't accommodate anything
1: accommodate anyone's anything in any way jable <laughs> i would consider rosa to be a good unruly character as well in the sense that she is breaking tons of the conventions i mean she is quite quiet but it's it's, it's like it's a withholding quiet at times and she yes. is and she can be violent which again that's very much not what a woman is ideally supposedly supposed to be. So, right.
0: Or a loner. Like women are yeah. women aren't supposed to be yeah, she's like not the not, quiet she's, she's loner type. She's
1: not a people-pleaser either. So, no. exactly. Yeah. These are these are great things. And I, I love all these things about all these characters, which makes them so great. I would even probably, I could even probably throw together an argument to say that Amy is also an unruly woman, just because I, she is taking yes. more space professionally and, um, you know and with her and with her ambition and and she takes up more space physically when she does her nerdy dances when she's celebrating <laughs> and you know and she, she is, has a real voice so
0: yes yeah. she is uh she is a people pleaser but she is to people that she admires generally is yes,
1: she would she would be happy to stand up and speak against someone who she does not respect or who is in the wrong. So yeah, I would yes. also consider it.
0: For and that and that. she's just unapologetically n- her nerdy self. Yes, <laughs> love it. Which that's I think that's kind of one thing that a lot of these characters shares. They're just yeah. they're unapologetically, they unapologetically themselves. themselves. Yeah,
1: it's so good for representation. It's just so incredibly good. That's I will always love Brooklyn Line Nine for this because it was it. Really brought out so many interesting facets.
0: <laughs> uh, show that we haven't touched on yet. Yes, uh, the Office. Yes, yes, quite right. Where yes, once once again, I think so many uh, so many female characters that are unapologetically themselves. Yes, um, yes,
1: absolutely. Ke- uh, Kelly is unapologetically herself. I'll call it a diversity of representation. She is quite ditzy. She can be very manipulative. And insecure and needy, <laughs> but it's still kind of refreshing to see that because again, it's unapologetic. That's just who she is. Yeah, and they actually yeah. don't—they don't even develop that very much. It's just who she is. Then you've got Meredith, and Mer- Meredith falls very much, I'd say, into the grotesque idea. Yes, but this—but interestingly, you know, it's not just a joke about how she looks or a joke about it. it's through her behaviour and yeah the only thing i would say is that they do tie it though to loose morals to her sleeping around to and also to alcoholism which isn't a great thing to tag it to tag it's into no it's not um, it's but she is unapologetically a real free spirit which you know is again that's pretty unruly i mean she definitely (laughs) she fits an unruly archetype i'd say and then you've got and then then you've got angela (laughs) <laughs> who winds up paired, obviously, but uh, is single for large periods of the series. The very severe, <laughs> a real, a real killjoy <laughs> of a character. Literally unpleasant. At, like lots of opportunities. Yes. Like, but she
0: kind of takes delight in it.
1: Yeah, she's mean. She she's not... mean. She likes it though. She likes being mean. She likes it. Yeah, it's like oh, I always remember when when Dwight's planning to take over the branch and stuff, and, uh, and he says something along the lines of she says something along the lines of, I thought we were going to do this together. And he's like, no, but you can be in charge of the women or something like that as he walks away, <laughs> and she does this little little sort of smirk to herself, like yes, I can be. Like, it made me think of <laughs> makes me think of Mr. Burns. It's like excellent almost, you know, so <laughs> uh, so devious. It was really funny, and then of course there's Pam. And Pam is, I love Pam because she's such a, she's got so many dimensions to her. Pam has got so many dimensions as a character. She can be a bit of a people pleaser, but she's, but she's, it's kind of just that she's a really nice person.
0: Right. (laughs) You know, there's a
1: sense of humour. She's got a real playfulness to her, a real sense of fun
0: you know, she's... She might be, like, one of the most real characters. Because absolutely. We're, we're not all, like, loud and out there no, all the time. No, exactly.
1: She's not a caricature of a person. She just is, like, a real person.
0: She's, like, a real person.
1: Yeah. Which, mm, yeah, so good. <laughs> so good. And I also really like the way that she... There's a real sort of journey of coming into herself and becoming less apologetic for who she yeah. is. And yeah. I think that's really good because she was... A bit of a doormat i guess to start with uh, yeah i think that would be a fair assessment and it's partly because she's just obviously been with someone since like high school and he's just really run roughshod over her really i mean he's just he just she just doesn't even get to stay out late to have some drinks with her colleagues or whatever because always just like no no let's just go she's like oh well okay you know but yeah then after leave I, after breaking up with him, there's just this real development, and she starts really speaking up for herself and and wanting to develop her interests more. It's just really I, I can really ide- I can really identify with that actually because it's I definitely t- taken me a while,
0: <laughs> and I think that's true for all of us. Absolutely, we, you know we we all, all works in go progress. Go on a journey. Yeah. All of these other characters, they don't go on as much of a journey. They kind of are who they are. Yeah, yeah. And, and they might have yeah. things happen to them that they react to, and yeah. they change slightly on these things. But Pam is really, she really is like, and going, it really she's is. She's going on a journey. Yeah, and it really is a
1: single life journey as well. It really is because this explicitly takes place when she's in that space when she has broken up from Roy. It's before Jim and she get together. There's just this real, there's just this real sense of discovering who she is and trying to date a bit trying to just really yeah just really work out who she is and to not apologize for it anymore which it's taken me a long time to be acceptable of my own super nerdiness and my own super geekiness it just is you know. <laughs> so i relate like i made
0: <laughs> yeah it definitely it definitely takes time uh, let's just talk for a minute about some really We've just talked about all these great female characters. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about just like the worst representation of a single character okay. that you can that you can think of.
1: Oh, okay. Um to be honest, just off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything <laughs> anything worse or, <laughs> or caricatured than Crazy cat lady, off the top of my head. I mean, <laughs> that's that's pretty overwhelming <laughs> as an image. It's,
0: yeah, it's <laughs> it's quite it's, an image. It's pretty bad, right? Pretty bad. It's it's not just that she is that she likes cats. No, it's it's. it's I mean, like it's, she doesn't it's even have she, care for the cats. Yeah,
1: well, she it's doesn't like, even care for them. Like she she washes them by like rubbing them against a a washboard
0: thing in a in a river. Yeah, so it's yeah. like... That's not she's great. Like, right. She throws Crazy them. is in the name. Yeah, yeah, she throws them. Crazy is in the name. She's
1: also, like- she's also like literally nonverbal. So there is this implication that if you are single over a set past a certain age, you will devolve into some kind of non human that can only garble yeah. and scream. And she's completely disheveled. Completely dishevelled, so the, can't take. And they're care of also herself. like, so the idea that you can't I, take care of yourself as well if you're by yourself, if right. you're single. You can't and take I, care of yourself. I
0: assume also
1: homeless. I don't. I assume I, so, but I don't know. I feel like there's been at least one or two occasions when she opens a door or something like someone knocks on doors and she opens a door just, to just garbles and throws a cat at someone or something. I bet she does have a house, but if she does, then you'd be imagining some kind of hoarder hellhole, wouldn't you? I mean like you can't you can imagine based on the way that she looks, there'd be the assumption there that she could not even take care of her basic needs. So Right. Yeah. I can't think of a worse than that, (laughs) um, off the top of my head. It is it's it's pretty offensive. What about you? What's the worst that you can think
0: of? I so it's this fairly obscure Michael J. Fox sitcom that was on in probably like the mid twenty tens. Oh yeah, he played. I think he played like a reporter who was going back to work. Yes, um, yes. I, after I watched,
1: his, I watched that. Yes, I, yeah. I,
0: I think it, it maybe lasted for a season. I don't yeah, think it so got it very did, high, it high ratings. Lasted for very long. I mean, it was
1: quite funny from the yeah. first few episodes that I watched that I remember.
0: I, and it, and it definitely wasn't about this. It was like they live in the same building as. I think it's his wife's sister. Oh, right. Okay. And she's single. Mm. So there's always, there's either like she's, because she's single and she doesn't have anything else going on, she's obviously available to take care of the children. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. And just the like her constant like just sh- availing herself of like, <laughs> can you set me up with him yeah. and getting dates and, uh. and, yeah, so uh, that's, she was and she wasn't overly sexualized.
1: No, but it was. Was she, was just she made sort of- to seem very unattractive, or rather
0: that she's not that she's single for a reason in any way? Was there that desperation, it idea? Was the desperation yeah, idea? The desperation idea, because the actress idea. who played her and the way they styled her, she was like she was very pretty and she was uh, very put together. Yeah. She was like in wrap dresses constantly. You uh, know, the- yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so the dowdy, desperate. Sort of spinster idea was that I,
0: kind of what it was? Just desperate, I think, and I, I think it was like this—that <laughs> weird idea of well, she's single, so what? What's what wrong? is wrong with her? <laughs> yeah, what's wrong? You know, like she's pretty, and I—I I assume that she had a job because she had this like really mm. nice apartment in the same building as her her yeah. sister and her her brother-in-law, and, and in in New York, I believe it was like on the Park and everything. Right. So obviously, it would. So like, she's she's there's nothing outwardly wrong with her, but mm. there is obviously something wrong with her, and like yeah. that kind of. like... Like just bafflement of like, well, yeah, huh? That's yeah. That's that's sort of like a really bad
1: representation, but within the bounds of like reality, if that makes sense. You know, like that's it's yeah. It's not a caricature, but it's really still saying some under some stuff there. It is say it is, it is pointing to some yeah. stuff. And it's right and it's so much more realistic, so kind
0: of hits harder in a way. But then for her to just be the punchline of like, yeah. you know, whatever. Her failed dates. Yeah. Or she doesn't have anything course, going of on. Of course you've
1: got nothing going on so you'll be available, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah that kind, kind of thing. thing. Mm. I like I said, it's not even a show that I maybe watched half of the episodes. Yeah. It wasn't a successful show. I don't believe it got more than Maybe just the one season, but yeah. that is always stuck with
1: me. Mm, that is interesting that it stuck, that it stood out that much. Yeah.
0: What about best
1: then? Best, mm, best. best. I mean,
0: I, I think Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. Still, yes, yeah. to this day, I think well. I think she is the best. While I'm not as familiar with that show as I am with other shows, Mm. there was never a commentary on her singleness. It was never like, why are you single? Mm. Uh, There was never a judgement on her choosing the life that she did. It was never like, you need
1: more. And of course, it was so hugely, seismically impactful in society and just in wider culture and wider society. You can't really calculate the degree of influence that that has had. I honestly think that it would be impossible to calculate how much of an impact that had. Yeah. For representation and literally on the women who aspired as a result of seeing her.
0: Right. Creating this attainable dream. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely attainable dream. Absolutely attainable. You know, she's not in a huge city, Minneapolis isn't a huge city. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or Saint Paul, I forgot. It's in Minnesota. What a- <laughs> one, one? It's in one of the Twin Cities. <laughs> it's in one um, of them. <laughs> yeah, and just just her whole life, like she she's not like an executive at a TV yeah. station, but she works at a TV station.
1: Yeah, yeah there, is, has, there is. She a real, has a job. When you put it like that, it really is very obtainable. I think it was less obtainable at the time. Obviously, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Watching it now sure, would be but- very different to 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 then, but. You know, like you say, it's not as if she wasn't like the the head of a fashion magazine. She wasn't like, you know, she wasn't somewhere that you read that was like at the tippy tippy top or anything. Which yeah, just due to sexism, would have not been possible to really reach at the time that it was airing. But uh, yeah, in terms of her job, I would say that was obtainable.
0: Yeah. What about you? What do you think is the best representation of single women? (sighs) The best.
1: Representation for single lady. For me, I would probably have to go Rosa, actually. Okay. Um, because it touches on those same things that were initially brought out by Mary Tyler Moore, but it goes that one step further in that she recognizes, talks about, and even makes fun of the tropes and the ideas. Of what is expected of her as a woman. So yeah, that's probably because that, that feels like the next level to me in that way. So that's probably where I'd, where I'd have to stake it. Rosa is rebuffing all of those ideas and is very happy to be doing that. It's One of not- the great things about that is that you can see that she is still living this incredible, impactful, socially diverse and extremely social, well, for Rosa, life, which is completely fulfilled, <laughs> yeah. even missing that stuff out. You're not seeing any of that because it's just completely off screen, but all you're seeing of her right. life is still perfectly aspirational. It's like, yes, I will. I want to be Rosa. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, maybe less knives. But, you know,
0: apart from that... Yeah, maybe fewer knives, but... Fewer uh, knives, uh, but apart from that, you know. Well, let's end with what spinster that you would be. Oh,
1: like what sitcom spinster spinster do like, would I be and... Would you be, uh, yes. Okay, okay. Um, Well, again, I mean, I'd love to be able to say Leslie pre-Ben. Period, but uh, (laughs) I honestly do not have that level of drive (laughs) or optimism. (laughs) Sadly, I don't have her level of optimism (laughs) for the world, particularly not for government, but even the world in general. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sure, I have some of the geekiness that she has, and I've got some of that nerdiness for the things that I'm nerdy about. Just, but not enough oomph there. Not enough. Not enough. Stay up doing all nighters three nights in a row just to make a binder. So I don't I don't have <laughs> enough of that there. So um, I think ultimately then um, I'd have to go with Pam post Roy but pre Jim uh,
0: because Sheridan you were talking about yeah that, p- that
1: period the the self discovery period she's got that she's got that geeky nerdy side to her but only shows it to like those that she's really close to. I feel like that's a bit me as well. A really great sense of humor and appreciates that in others very much. Again though I, I'm probably only super amusing to people that know me quite well um (laughs) and i also yeah just really identify with that journey to better express herself and stand up for herself and be unapologetically herself definitely feel like something changed for me around the time that i hit 30 or so where i just started to know who i was more stopped feeling quite as apologetic for those like geeky parts of myself and so yeah yeah i'd say probably pam yeah okay okay (laughs) <laughs> Have you thought about this question too?
0: <laughs> I've thought about it. This one's really difficult. Yeah. I mean, I'm—I would lean towards the Golden Girls. I mean, yeah. I feel like I already am the Sophia. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, you know, I'm—I'm I'm, I'm pretty snarky. Yes. Okay. I do like to cook, but I mean, I'd also <laughs> I also do like to cook. Probably. Yeah. I <laughs> like to cook. Um, but maybe a Dorothy too, because she was mm. so uh, capable. Dor- She's Dorothy is like
1: totally my favorite. I could see that. Because she was you like seem the glue. very capable, was- so yeah, you, yeah, you, you're like you, you, you might be sharp, but you're also very, very capable.
0: Yeah, um, I mean yeah. Dorothy got some great one-liners as well.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, that's what I mean. I, I can see the Dorothy thing very, get- very well. Yeah, so I can see that. I could yeah, see that.
0: and I guess just also which adding to what you said about as you age, Mm. you just start to come into your own. Yes.
1: And and that was so core to like Dorothy's progression and her development. There was this real sense of her growing so much more into herself and because she, because since the divorce and everything, and she really had been held back in so many ways by the marriage and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There was a real, there was a real, yeah, there was a real arc there for for her. There,
0: yeah, there was. And, I think that's what the show was and that's why they ended with her getting married. Absolutely, yeah. Like she she'd discovered herself enough that now yeah. she could be in a relationship without it like consuming
1: her. Yes, and I think yes, I think that is the key thing really because the ways that the others became single again was just so different. And like Rose, yes. Rose is unapologetically Rose. I don't think she even would question being like she wouldn't even question to be anyone else but herself, would she? She no, wouldn't even think. No, she, about, wouldn't. she wouldn't even think about that. She can't not be Rose, and right. um, and Blanche. She yeah, she does develop in certain ways. I think she begins to appreciate different facets to herself aside from maybe how she looks.
0: Yeah, but and she just gets a little bit less self centered, and and a bit less self
1: centered. But aside from that, I mean, it's not a real arc. In the same way, not really. No, not really.
0: and that's a great thing about Blanche too, is that she just owns her sexuality. Yes, yeah She owns. She owns. She loves that about herself, yeah. is that she oh, enjoys her body and she, that she.
1: Yeah, she was like the she was like the precursor, all contemporary to Rose,
0: <laughs> wasn't she, she? Yes, she was. She? Yes, yeah. Right, and because everybody in Golden Girls slut shamed her too, but they and they I, did, yeah that's true I and mean, then she just and uh blanche just seemed proud of herself but she owned that would, <laughs> like, she owned it like, she, she absolutely owned, owned, it. owned it she
1: she just yeah. she just smiled and like and and, right, and, and walked like mm-hmm. off and walked off like, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> like you have you have no idea uh, you have no idea <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so good. oh this was such a great discussion
1: this was so fun I'm like, thank I'm you. So thrilled that I got to do this. I, I've never been able to talk about my research before. This is great fun.
0: I uh, and and that's a shame because you <laughs> have you. Even though you're not American, you have such amazing insights into American sitcoms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Well, it's 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 what I just became obsessed with, and it, I've got to lead into it at this point. So. <laughs>
0: um please let everyone know where uh where we can find you online uh, how we can learn more about you on
1: instagram um i am lucy underscore rivers underscore pgr standing for postgraduate um on linkedin um you can find me on linkedin at linkedin.com you know forward slash in forward slash lucy rivers and on Twitter, you can find me on Lucy Re PhD, which is kind of just Lucy R I P H D all together in one go.
0: Amazing! <laughs> all right, I will link all that in the show notes as well, so people can click on that and Super. go to your profiles. Once again, thank you so so much for being here.
1: Thank you so so much for having me. This is just so fun, like so so fun. I'm so. I happy. mean, we could
0: have talked. We could have talked about this all day.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that whatever you've had to edit this down to is you know, is already definitely less than we talked. I will say that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I will say that much. So, yeah. <laughs> believe me, that It is something
0: more. we're both passionate
1: about. <laughs> definitely. And it's important because at the end of the day, this is how people relate to the world. This is why media yeah. is so important. What do you do at the end of the day? Oh, you go home and you binge watch a whole bunch of things. How people right. are represented- on those things informs the way that they view the world. This is why it's important. It,
0: it absolutely does. If you can't see it, you can't be it. Whoa, what a great line there. There you go. <laughs> no, I can't take credit for that. I know. But-,
1: but still, I- <laughs> you just pulled it out right there like that. That's just perfect. perfect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we will catch you next time on the Spinster Life Podcast. Thank you for listening.